You're listening to Nick DiPaolo on the Riotcast Network, riotcast.com. Hey, hey, kids. Nick DiPaolo, inaugural podcast. Should be excited. I should be. I'm not. Yes, I am. I mean, uh, I'm sure the world. So we need another comedian doing a podcast. Hey, and uh, with me this evening, the guy who founded the uh, Riotcast Network, which is where you're going to hear this, this and on iTunes and any other place you listen to podcasts. Rob Sprantz is in the house. How you doing? It's an What's honor. up, Rob? What an honor to be here. Dude, let me tell you about <laughs> Rob, okay? He works a real job during the day, okay? So, and he lives in Long Island, so he gets, he's a commuter. He gets on the train, goes home from his job, turns around, gets in the car, and comes up here. And I think about hanging myself on every commute back and forth. Do you really? Yeah, pretty much. Well, <laughs> if you're on the train, some nut might shoot you. That happens once every 10 years. You know, sometimes I pray for that. I yeah, yeah, I know. I, I've took an I've done the commute. Sometimes, like, maybe this will be the car where it'll happen for me. So I'm glad you came up, brother, and I appreciate it. So, uh, yeah, it's a pleasure. Can, the Riotcast Network, and, and this is the uh, first podcast. And uh, at the beginning, I want to explain, folks, we're going to do, it's going to be bare bones. It's going to be, you know, I'll, I'll record it and put it out there whenever, the next day, whatever, you can listen to it. That's how it's going to start out. But eventually, I want to treat this as close uh, as a radio show as I can. I'm, I'm, we're going to have, uh, uh, you know, a call-in number. I'm going to yep. do the shows live mm -hmm. so we can uh, recreate that that radio uh, thing that people love. Put you know? a smoke machine in here. Yeah. Do laser beams. Yeah, exactly. Like do a, that shit right. Like a Kiss concert or a YouTube video. <laughs> exactly. You should put the Kiss makeup on. Yeah, well, I got that. <laughs> but uh, so that, that's what we're going to, you know, at, at the beginning it'll be bare bones and eventually. And then the third level, if it's successful, obviously we put the cameras in and... Uh, and uh, you can, you know, you stream in the whole, the whole dealio. So, uh, you know, this is funny for me because I go from a, you know, I had a legitimate radio gig in, in a $5 million studio. <laughs> and uh, here I am. And, you know, I'm uh, in a basement, basically. But you I, look happy. I am happy. And that's what matters. Yeah. And that, we'll, we'll leave it at that. Okay. <laughs> but I'll tell you who I feel like. And I think some of you people will know what I'm talking about if you know this movie. Take it easy. Lower it. I'm, I'm not going to lower it. I have to do this now. I don't mind you playing it, but lower it. <laughs> that a Rupert Pumpkin. Fucking great movie. Uh, yeah, the king of comedy. And if you haven't seen it, folks, and a lot of people haven't, I might bring it up, you know? And they're still talking about The Hangover 3. <laughs> yeah, no, no good. Yeah, so... Uh, Rupert Pub getting, uh, you know, De Niro played it in The King of Comedy. And he had, like, cardboard cutouts of everybody. I was thinking right? about doing that, too. Yeah. You know? I can leave one of me. You can leave your cardboard cutout no. of me. <laughs> I, I, want, I want it to be, I want it to make it more like a comedy club audience. It'll be a bachelorette party. I was going to cut yeah. out girls with, you know, dicks on their hats. And, <laughs> and then the, you know, the Hispanic table getting upset because I made a crack about illegal immigrants. And, you know, I'm trying to make it that New yeah. York, that open-minded New York comedy yeah, audience exactly. I'm so used to. Well, that's why that's why I'm here as the network. I want to make sure you get as offensive as possible. Fucking liberal fucks. <laughs> Anyways, there's a lot more where that come from. But uh, let's talk about what I wanted to talk about was... Stand-up comedy. I like to give people a peek into what goes on. I mean, uh, this past weekend, I had a gig in Poughkeepsie. 
Again, to give you an idea where the career's going. <laughs> Broadcasting from my basement, and I did a show in Poughkeepsie. I'm, I'm, it's like I'm in reverse, going 400 miles an hour. <laughs> but uh, Bananas in Poughkeepsie, I've done the gig many times. And people, they go, why do you do rooms like that at this point? And you're like, well, when you have an open Saturday that you're not booked at an A club somewhere, and, and uh, you're trying to put a new hour together. I'm shooting this new hour in November. So I want to you know, hone this thing. and every chance I get so I grab any gigs and I do a lot of local stuff hmm. hadn't done this one in a while <laughs> why is it bad up there it's you know it's Poughkeepsie no no offense Poughkeepsie you're fine but it's you know it's it's not it's not a good room but uh anyways I get up there yeah and I'm always in a cherry mood and I get <laughs> up there and uh there's a show already going on before mine my show's supposed to be at eight o'clock and I see a comedy show going on, which nobody told me about. Like they, they had a show before you or is this say, oh, like you coming on after this for the same people? Uh, well, that's, those are all the questions I had when I walked <laughs> right, in with obviously. a scowl on my face. And I go up to this girl who's pinned in the corner and she's the only one waiting on people. She's at this little counter and she's, I notice she's handing out sodas and water. And I go, hey, uh, and my Norm McDonald, like, hey, what the fuck? You know? <laughs> I'm like, why is there a fucking show going on? She goes, I can't talk right now. I'm the only one here. She starts yelling at me. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, that's nice. What a way to She didn't agree. know who the fuck I was. And, I, and then, again, that speaks to my career. But I'm like, take it easy, honey. Okay. I'm, I said, I'm, I'm on the next show. I'm just asking. You know, I know, but I'm alone. She almost started crying. I go, hey, service with a smile. And oh then my I, God. I fucking got away from her as quick as possible. And she was the only one, like, uh, serving the the. the place but here's the thing and there's a bunch of people standing you know looking into the comedy showroom from the lobby or whatever the fuck you want to call it at the uh-huh. the grand mercury hotel whatever i was playing <laughs> that's a palace yeah so they're standing there and i'm going what the fuck is going on? why is there a show going on there was a comedy competition turns out oh jesus for some of the locals money is people in uh you know nutwing <laughs> county yeah whatever There's johnny from the insurance salesman company well some 14 year old kid won it <laughs> seriously the, the dad comes up to me after the show i'm in the lobby sitting there with a puss on my face and uh he comes up and introduces his son 14 years old won the competition and i said to him congratulations you're on your way and in 30 years you play a card right you'll be here at the holiday inn in Shitville. and uh the father starts laughing i go i i lost every contest i i ever fucking entered including my marriage i thought the father would find that funny he gives me like a dirty look it'd be great if the kid was like a dick too like all conceited because he just won i would have punched him right in the stomach <laughs> But uh, so anyways, and that was the positive part of the night. So then this girl comes up to me and introduces herself. She goes, I think I'm your opening act. Like this cute girl. And I'm like, oh, okay, fine. And then I see her, I see her walk away and start, she comes out of this room. She's carrying chairs into the showroom for the next show. So you're opening and setting up chairs like that's the game? I wasn't. No, she but was. it's just, well, geez, let's get this Oof. straight. <laughs> Fucking, I was... <laughs> Nobody would ask me to carry a chair. <laughs> You'd beat somebody with a fucking chair. So I, go, I, I told her, put those down. I go, put the fucking chairs down. I go, that is not your job. Who is in charge of this shithole? <laughs> and there's this woman, Pat Bear, this uh, really attractive black woman, busty, beautiful. She's nice as hell. And she's got more. And I guess she's running the, she was running it. But she's got, you know, here's what, what happened. The hotel just got bought. Okay. So they have no liquor license. Apparently that had expired or whatever, however that works. Thought you just grandfather it into the next owner. So there's no liquor license, okay? So I go, oh, I'll just go to this little little bar that I always go to in the hotel. I look in, that's closed, locked up and stuff. Jesus. And the girl behind the counter goes, yeah, we don't have a liquor license. So now I get an audience 
which again, uh, the misnomer in comedy is that a drunk audience is a good audience, and that's not true either. But I don't want them stone cold fucking sober right. from and aggravated that they can't get a drink. That's yeah, right. It's true, and they were. So I'm like, what the hell? And I have somebody to this woman coming to see me. She's a lawyer. I, you know, I, I made friends with her on Red Eye. Uh, the show Red Eye on Fox News Channel. And she's from up in the Poughkeepsie area. I mentioned I was playing up there. So she brings people. And she's like, what's going on here? I can't even get a drink. And I go, this is so fucking embarrassing. She goes, I'll be right back. She's from the area. She uh-huh. goes, I'm going to go get... <laughs> I go, you look She goes, don't worry about it. She takes off, comes back like 10 minutes later. She hands me a 40-ounce Heineken. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and I needed a drink at this point. I'm just like, you know, I'm a little fucking tense. It, it's quarter of nine, and my show still hasn't started yet, my 8 o'clock show. Oh, wow. And you're supposed to know what you're walking into. Yeah, Again, sure. I've handled my career in a reckless manner, so <laughs> I, really, ultimately, it's all my fault. But um, so <laughs> she comes back, hands me a 40-ounce, and her and her you know, friends that she, that she was with, they, you know, the, 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 the comedy competition finally ends, and they go in and sneak their booze in. I'm standing outside drinking a 40 ounce. You're not supposed to have booze, I guess, without the liquor license. I'm standing in the behind some hedges <laughs> like I'm in eighth grade. This is like when I got shit-faced in eighth grade. Yeah, and you had somebody score you the booze, too, it, like you were. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm standing behind these tall hedges. Ca- cars are pulling into the parking lot, and their lights are like hitting the bushes that I'm standing behind. Oh, it's like I'm in eighth grade. And I, then I look over my shoulder, and there's a couple in the hotel room looking out at me. They're behind me, looking at me, standing behind bushes in front of their window, drinking a 40-ounce like a fucking derelict. Oh, man. And just, I mean, it's like, man, look, I know I'm not fucking Jim Carrey or whatever, Louis C.K. selling, you know, 5000 But come on, for Christ's sake. Yeah, I just want to work on my shit. It'd be great if somebody caught a shot of you down in the 40 ounce behind the bushes and tweeted it. That would have been the best. Let me tell you, I drank that thing like it was an iced tea. <laughs> it, it, uh, 40 ounces went down, seriously. It was like a... You know, do you ever get like a buzz before you go on stage? Like you get like buzzed, or or, or you you don't want to drink too much. For the first ten years of, or eleven years of my career, I never had a drink before I went on stage, right? And then I was in like Chicago one weekend, and I'm looking around. Everybody's having a good time mm-hmm. before the show, and I go fuck this. I went to the bar and had a couple drinks, and I had a killer set. It's really, if you know my personality, I mean, yeah. I could use an Ambien before I go on. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm like a fucking... Yeah, you're fired up. So I don't... Some people drink to relax because of their nerve. That's not the case. I was bored after 11 years of, you know, everybody's having fun on the weekend. So I'm like, right, I want to have taking fun. it too seriously. So I, I remember that, that night in Chicago. I, I'd never drank. A couple times maybe, you know, uh, in Boston or whatever when I was a new comic. But I always got sloppy, so I quit doing that. Yeah. But uh, I had like a killer set the night in Chicago, and and then I'm like, God, and and again, it takes the edge off my fucking yeah. But then you start to think, should I do all my shows like this? It gets in your head a little bit because even with my podcast, like sometimes I would do it stoned, and then I used to do them all stoned, and then I did one when I wasn't stoned, and I was like, wait a minute, that was actually better. So yeah. then you have this conflict, like, do I smoke? Well, yeah, <laughs> I, I played I with it over the years uh, after the 10-year mark. There were nights when I went on with nine drinks of me, and I, <laughs> I listened to myself the next day, and I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> well, I th- it sounded like I was at a cookout with my friends. There was no structure. I mean, I was saying fuck 90 times a minute instead of the usual 30. <laughs> and I was like, I was just sloppy and missing whole chunks of jokes and stuff. But then there were nights where I had a lot of drinks of me that I was so off the rails 
that I and, and some of it was really funny, just pouring, yeah. you know. The, the, but but it's not a good habit to get into. Yeah, but I'm looking forward to a couple of drunk Nick DiPaolo podcasts too. Yeah, you know, I also contemplated that when you first talked me into doing this uh, a couple of weeks ago. I was thinking it would be funny if I did this with a couple in me every night. I should have put it in the contract that you had to be drunk to do it. We could call it point. The name of the show is point oh eight or whatever. <laughs> you start throwing up at the forty five minute mark. Yeah, no, I can I can hold my booze. My my mother's got some Scottish in her. <laughs> what the fuck that means? I'm sure, I'll get calls on that. What are you mad about that? What are you saying? I don't like what he said. But um, yeah, so uh, so just uh, just a horrendous night. And then the girl goes up before me and does a nice job. This girl Caitlin goes up, and 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 the crowd stayed from the first show. So this is a Mickey Mouse operation. Okay. They turned a few of them left, but more people came in. But just a total fucking operation. Yeah, isn't that bad though if they stay because like you can only laugh so much. Like, well, of probably, course it's bad, but yeah. the, but the competition was only a half hour long supposedly. Uh, but okay. even that, you understand, is way too much. Right. If I could have it like I do it now, I have somebody maybe do twenty minutes in front of me, and then I'll do an hour, an hour and ten. Right. Uh, enough of this MC middle act, whatever the yeah. fuck. And it's then enough. you know you got to watch a fourteen year old go on stage, and you have to come out and do your adult act right, right after. Probably... Yeah, might as well have Buddy Epson. <laughs> Up to the, hey, wasn't he funny, that young whippersnapper? <laughs> but uh, that kid doesn't know what he's getting into. But um, so, um, yeah, what a weird night. So I, go, so I go on. Then I'm on for about five minutes. Two guys, and not young kids. I'm talking in their 30s, maybe 40s. Two guys in the dark corner of the room yelling shit out at me. Uh. Two minutes into my act. Just talking really loud amongst themselves. And when I go, guys, you got to lower your voice. Oh, fucking say something funny. I go, this, I, I'm like, what the fuck? Am I being punked tonight? Yeah. I drank a Heineken in the bushes. <laughs> you could have used the bottle. I, I <laughs> threw it at him. And again, and, and, and this, you know, they start yelling shit. I go, come on. You, you got you to gotta let me get going here. Years ago, I would have just said, get the fuck out. I'm trying to teach myself, you know? Yeah. I, I, I try to be nice. And finally, this this big guy comes over who introduced himself to me before the show. Uh, he was a friend of Rich Franchese's, the guy that booked him. But he, this guy was a former corrections officer at Sing Sing. So. Oh, fuck. And he was a big dude. He had gold chain on it. And he went over. And, and uh, I don't even know if he was officially the doorman that night or he just, happened, just happened to be, be... doing me a favor. Seriously, yeah. I still don't know. Maybe if you're a big guy, like you feel obligated to jump into I'm any telling, kind and of you, bullshit. Well, yeah. And you're, and you're a former law enforcement guy. So yeah. I, I don't know. But anyways, he went over and said something to them. Gave him one more morning, and then he came in with another guy from the hotel, and, and those guys left. And uh, I didn't say anything. I usually have a parting shot when people get through. <laughs> I can't keep my mouth shut. I'm, a, you know, I have to give him a zinger. But I just, I just said, I want to get the fuck out. I just want to move on. And the crowd was fine, and and I got my jokes out. And to be honest with you, the sober crowd is is better. They they they're just more focused. There was a bachelorette party surprise surprise at the show. And you know what? They were fine. They, really? Because that's, that's the one thing I hear from a lot of comics is it's torture when there's something It's a like fucking that. nightmare. Yeah. So that was, uh, that was Saturday night. And um, this is how I keep myself going, folks. I, I'm an avid sports fan. And, and I don't know if you're, not, if you're not a sports fan, you can't relate to this, but it's October. It is the best month in the world if you like sports. Mm. Between college football starting up, Playoff baseball, the NHL has kicked in. Okay. I mean, college football, I love, you know, the NFL I can tolerate. We'll do, that'll be a whole nother show. But, uh, so uh, while I'm up in Poughkeepsie, I have about nine different things being recorded. 
So I get all the games. Yes, I come home. This is my this is my life, folks. I come home. I go down into my man cave, put on a college football game. My wife's upstairs watching. uh, You know, everybody loves Raymond reruns. (laughs) We're three floors apart from each other. And I was noticing (laughs) last time I was here, you do the same thing that I do. Like you, because you're recording so many different games and you don't want to see the score. When you turn the television on, you hold your arm in front of the television as to find the menu so you don't see the score i do the same fucking thing Uh, there's gotta be well you had a good idea rob for that i wasn't tell tell the people well it was kind of a half-assed it was one of those concepts without the finish the finish to it but there's gotta be a way like my career that if if you market sports that you're recording sports that it would not change to the channel or like when you first turn the tv on it says do you want to view what's on right because i would do that all the time with the fucking hockey game and i would get to an angle of the television right. where I could kind of see if it was the game but not the score and something happens the sound will come on and they'll blow it and Rose will be like Rangers suck again tonight and that'll be the end of it yeah so you people at home who aren't sports fans you have no idea what the fuck we're talking about <laughs> right. but if you're recording a game or two and you come home and you have to turn the TV on that you're going to see the game right away the score it's going to give it away of whatever that's yeah. why I got a wife what I do and this is true <laughs> there's many nights I'm driving home from the comedy cellar I'll call ahead of time and go honey she knows how to work it. Mm-hmm. She 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 knows she programmed half the shit. I go find the find the Red Sox game or whatever, and and just cue it up for me. All right, so I can come in and just fucking ah, that's perfect. Isn't that sweet? And then I go now get it back in your room. See, I got to do that. I guess a pork chop. I'm gonna learn. <laughs> I'm gonna learn from you. Please. Yeah. No, let's. Uh, I'm gonna call my fucking wife right now. Man. But but why why wouldn't why wouldn't they think of something like that? I know, and it's it was some, and it's always because when you're recording the game, it's no big deal. But then you forget that you set to record like some kind of fucking episode of Lockdown Prison or some right. shit, and it changes the channel because right. they're recording on both. Right. I like a lot of prison shows. I watch a lot of prison shows. <laughs> what are you kidding me? Lockup. I can actually yeah. do dialogue from Lockup. And serious? by the way, can I make it? Yeah, I want a little op-ed right now. You people that do Lockup, you producers and the people behind the scenes, stay the fuck off camera. Yes, thank you. Nobody wants thank to you. see you. Everybody has to be on camera now. The producers, some 52-year-old lady who, you know, writes the fucking grant. We don't want to hear from you. And yeah, she's like, we got in and the prisoners were very violent. Yes, they were. Just show me the goddamn violence. Yeah, what That's all I, I want to see. Exactly. I mean, it's the reason the show is a hit is because there's nothing more interesting than prison life. Oh, it's it, the bunch I, of psychos. I don't want to hear from this fucking 22 year old producer. And then I, um, you know, after I finished the graphics, we talked to the rape artist. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know what? Like I've been watching so much of it though. Yeah. Like I can't stop because there's marathons. Like for some reason they have no programming, so they just run. I know, and I watch them. Yeah, dude. I watch them all. So I'm going to sleep like with images of guys in spit masks and shit. Like, oh, absolutely. <laughs> so no, it's fast. Fascinating. Yeah, I can't stop. I, I, I've I've actually sat through a marathon I've seen before. This is why. <laughs> yeah. This is how I know I'm not a real man. I'm just a fucking loser. Yeah, it, watch this, honey. Here's the part. Here's the part. Here's start, the... It started at 9 p.m. Okay, it's 4:30 in the morning, and I'm still up yeah. watching my 17th lockup. I'm just fascinated with it. But, I, uh, I, I one time I fell asleep. And I woke up on the couch and I opened my eyes and a guy was throwing feces right, right when I woke up. I was like, it's time to go to bed. It's time. <laughs> that happened to me, but I was at a fraternity party and uh, it was no dream. 
So uh, that's what I did. So I come home. I, I recorded all that shit while I'm up in Poughkeepsie. I come home. I watch. Honest to God, this is the truth. I watch the whole Notre Dame. Obviously, you can fast forward when you record stuff through the commercials, but it still takes a while. I watch the whole no, the whole uh, Ohio State Northwestern game mm-hmm. and the second half of the of the Stanford Washington game. Okay, and then I force myself to go to bed. It's like three thirty. <laughs> I get up Sunday morning. I watch the whole Notre Dame Arizona State football game. Wow. I watch the rest of the Bruins game. Two. <laughs> periods and then i watch meet the press okay i mean i'm stephen Hawking burn more calories than i did on on uh sunday this is my but that's how i it's the only thing i have to look forward to yeah, it's fucking great I, I agree with you i'd never leave the house the fact that i'm here should be a shock to you and uh no i'm glad you're here i'm not shocked at all i knew you're gonna run up here um <laughs> But, uh, and come on, my Red Sox, if I'm going to talk sports. Right now, folks, we're recording this uh, on a Thursday night. So the A's and the Tigers are facing off tonight to see who plays my Mm -hmm. American League East Boston Red Sox. And to see if they'll be good enough to play my Los Angeles Dodgers. Wait a minute. What do you mean, your Dodgers? I'm a Dodger fan. I have to say, I have to be honest, though. Whoa, 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 whoa. When did the fuck, after they made the deal with the Red Sox? No, since I was a kid, my father was a Brooklyn Dodger fan, so. Oh, you're an old Jew from the early Yeah, without the Jew part. (laughs) But yeah, like, my father's a Dodger fan, so I would always watch the Dodgers with him. And then he fucking became a traitor and started watching the Mets. And I'm like, that you just, you abandoned me. And, you know. Well, it would be ironic. If my Red Sox faced off against your Dodgers, mm-hmm. seeing as last year that big swap, the Red Sox, I know. the Dodgers did the Red Sox a favor and took all these overpaid fat jerk offs yeah. that ruined our season last year and, and took a load. It, it allowed the Red Sox to sign all these gritty ball players. Yep. And it's so funny because over the winter they were saying, you know, they finished last place last year, 69 or whatever. The, you know, you know the whole story. Yeah. And, and and the whole marketing thing on the New England Sports Channel was, we have a different attitude. We got all it, it, all this marketing shit. I go, yeah, okay. If they finish third or fourth, we'll be lucky. Did they have executed everything they said on those goddamn commercials. <laughs> they brought in John Farrell, a real, we actually had to trade for him to get him the manager. Yeah. But the guys like Johnny Gomes, and you know, we have Pedroia, but but uh, these guys, these, I mean, Will Middlebrooks and, and, and uh, Saltalamachia, just, uh, and Shane Victorino, who I was in love with when he was with the Phillies. So anyways, bottom line is we went from worst to first. We are in the American League Championship Series, either taking on the fucking Tigers or the Oakland A's. And uh, that's a tough one. Here's what you have to decide if you're a Red Sox fan. Do you want to face the Tigers pitching staff of Scherzer and Verlander? Two, I mean, just the the best pitchers in baseball. Lights out. Or do you want to travel all the way to frickin' Oakland? And how about this? What if it is Oakland? And we have to go back and forth from Boston to Oakland, crisscross that country. And what do you say? And let's say we win and we have to face the Dodgers. Then you're going to crisscross That's the country. true. But then again, Oakland's got to go back and forth too. Well, no, I know that. So, Fuck, I don't think about their feelings. Who gives a shit about that? <laughs> well, you know, it's kind of even it out. But I got to <laughs> say this. Like, I'm, as, as a hockey, like hockey and football are my two favorite sports. Yeah. Regular season baseball, I, I don't know. There's something about it just bores me to the, like i try so hard to get into it yeah. especially it sucks if you're a dodger fan the game started 10 30 it's rough man when like you're, well, you got a dbr that shit son i know it's and then just, you find out the next day yeah you can't there's no way you can yeah, that's you, why you, you shouldn't be a dodgers fan living in new york man, what, what am I gonna let do? that dodgers thing go will you they never, left in, never. What, you know, they leave brooklyn do i look like one of those assholes that abandons their team like that well, well you were a fetus when they fucking run east <laughs> Coast. you weren't even born what am i saying right yeah no i wasn't 
That's true. When did they leave? Uh, right after Howard Cosell moved into Bay Ridge. <laughs> no, I forget. I was reading the Howard Cosell book. He was a huge Dodgers fan as a kid. And um, I just love him. I don't know. But like, it's only playoff baseball Like I, I watch and I get into. But regular season, I just can't. Like After watching like a fucking hockey game, even a regular season hockey game is crazy. It's hard. It's hard. It, it's they harder. take three and a half hours. And, then... yeah. and as soon as it gets exciting, they got to switch the pitcher. And, but uh... you know what? That wasn't true for me this year because the Red Sox were such a calamity last year. And it was a, a, an anomaly. I mean, they've been a great team for a long time. But I was so fascinated to see the changes they made and how this new GM, if he could handle it. And holy shit, yeah. they have been doing everything right from the bullpen. Who's this Yui Hara guy? Yeah. This this Japanese guy, I'd never heard of him. I guess he was with the Rangers for a few years. Yeah. Weighs about 106 grams soaking wet. <laughs> he, his, he throws... Oh, the studio phone's ringing. I'm trying to record! <laughs> Mom! Take it easy. Lower it. I'm, I'm not going to lower it. I have to do this now. I don't mind you playing it, but lower it. I should have put in the notes to shut the phone off. Jesus Christ. I, <laughs> look at this. Nobody ever calls back and hangs up and calls right back. <laughs> except for Colin Quinn. Let the fucking thing ring. It's a beauty of working on you. I feel like a single mom working out of her house. <laughs> three fucking kids. I can make $300 a week working from home. Would you like to make more money? <laughs> yeah. I want to contribute. So, yeah. So, let's hope with your Dodgers and my uh, Red Sox. Yeah, that'd be nice. We I have to just... get a little wager going. Oh, I don't wager. That's uh, illegal. Didn't you know about that? Well, a friendly one. No, I'll wager. All right. There you go. Trust me. I put a wager up with a guy that runs uh, the side splitters in Tampa. He's a, he's a Staten <laughs> Island guy. Bobby Jewell is his name. Uh, and he, uh, this is before the football season kicked off. He's a big Giants fan or whatever. First of all, I sat there in his house watching the Red Sox kick the shit out of the Yankees on Fox like a couple months ago. Uh, while he's sitting there? He was miserable. But he takes a $100 bill and he tears it up. And it was a bet it, who... Who has a better record at the end of the Patriots or the Giants? Uh-huh. Oh, that's over. Already. And when next time we see each other, whoever's right, you know, you get the hundred dollar, uh-huh. the other half of the bill or whatever the fuck. But he, but he texts me like a couple of weeks ago, going, uh, "Do you want your money now? Because the Giants are fucking the worst team in football." Yeah, terrible. Well, my team's the second worst. I'm a Steeler fan, and they're fucking all in four. Uh, wait a minute, I don't like this. That you being from New York and you're a Dodgers and a Steelers. People don't get fan. that. People never do get. It. I am a Ranger and a Nick fan though, as far as. But it's it's just the way it is. You know why? Because when I was when I was young and impressionable. Yeah. Like maybe like uh, six, seven years old, and kids are starting to get into sports. Yeah. Th- that's when the Steelers were winning all the Super Bowls, and they were always on television. Well, that's what I'm saying. You, you sound know? like a front runner, motherfucker. I'm not now. This, they had a lot of shit years in there too. A lot yeah, of shit years. I know. All if right. I was a front runner, I would be a fucking Ranger fan. <laughs> uh, they stink. Ugh. Let me tell you about New York, and don't get mad at me, New Yorkers, because I live here and I love you. But other than the Yankees, you you are a shit sports town. Yep. The Knicks. First of all, you have two of everything. You get two baseball teams, two basketball. And teams. They suck. They both and they suck. all suck. <laughs> other than the Yankees, I mean, the Mets have sucked for so long, and then the Knicks. You're supposed to be the mecca of basketball. You've been a fucking embarrassment. Yep. And um, then hockey. The last time anybody was any good was the Islanders. I mean, the Rangers in 93 got lucky, but yeah. I mean, think about this. All these teams you oh, got. Oh, they didn't get lucky. Let's, huh? slow, let's slow down there. They were dominant. Oh, my they God. Dominant, dominant my ass. They gave up nine, dominant. Goals, nine goals in the last Wait game. Wait a minute. Dominant. Uh, wasn't there a game seven against the Devils that year? Messier? 
Yeah. Garrett, yeah. And real he, dominant. And he dominated. <laughs> <laughs> dominated. Don't forget who you're arguing with. I had a radio show. I had a sports show for three minutes, remember? I, uh, <laughs> let's talk uh, Let's talk a little entertainment, Rob. Uh, right. right? I mean, me. we've hit this whole sports thing. I can't wait. Uh, I'm recording right now the Tigers A's. So as you're making your long commute home after a 19 hour day, yeah, you'll be laying here watching the fucking baseball. You game. put on, you put in hours like a 12 year old Taiwanese girl <laughs> work, working at a sneaker factory. I, uh, yeah, I'll be watching the ball game <laughs> to see who the unlucky bastards are that are going to face the 2013 Boston Red Sox. Who I gotta be honest with you, I've been following all the National League and American League playoffs. Like I said, I record everything, and I gotta be honest right now, the Red Sox out everybody left. They get they get bullpen. They got speed on the base pass, timely hitting. The starting rotation has been great, and offensively, they were the best team in baseball. So, right. But you don't have a pitcher that looks like a fucking asshole like we do with the long beard and the mohawk. Oh, Brian Wilson? <laughs> I love that look. What a fucking I love weirdo. that. You know, I, I do, but I, you know, I just look at him like, what are you, asshole? Just shave it off. <laughs> nah, Get rid of it. I like that. Every time I look at him, it reminds me of going down on a Greek girl in junior <laughs> high school. I, uh, but... Um, no, the the guy that makes me nuts is that Rodney Fernando Rodney with his crooked hat. You want to be a pitcher yeah. or a crip? Okay, yeah. come on, straighten your hat, Mama Luke. <laughs> Anyways, uh, let's talk a little Johnny Carson, man. Johnny yeah. Carson has been in the news uh, the last couple days, and um, yeah, one article after another. Yeah. Both stories actually uh, mentioned gunplay. It's kind of funny. Did you notice that? Yeah, who would have made that connection? Well, he, he was kind of a wild guy, Johnny. But, uh... <laughs> you work in that board, man, already. Oh, yeah. I love I'm like it. Fred Norris over here. Yeah, slamming that glass of authority. But uh, a couple days ago, there was a story about Johnny Carson. Uh, his second wife, Joanne, was. This is when the Tonight Show was still in New York City. She's the one that took all his fucking money. Yes. Too. Yeah. He had like three wives named Joanne, Joan, and it was a running <laughs> joke. Seriously. Yeah. And the second one was, uh, yeah. It was the show was still here in New York City, the Tonight Show, which is going to be again soon. And um, apparently his wife was running around behind his back. She had a place of her own here in the city, an apartment of her own. And um, so she had a goomba. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You said that like a real feminist. <laughs> like it's actually allowable. I don't like it. Only guys can do that shit. But um, Johnny got wind that... that uh, his wife was fucking around, and he hired a uh, you know a private eye, and, and and the private eye showed up and said, "Well, what's going on?" He goes, "Well, she's I think she's fucking Frank Gifford." Get out of here, Frank Gifford, who was a handsome. I mean, he had movie star good looks. He played like three different positions for the New York Giants. He was a yeah. football stud, and uh, so Johnny, the, the the private eye. I guess the the guy who he wrote a book. This he's either a lawyer or a private eye that did this. But he said he showed up that day, and Johnny was really upset and said, "Yeah, I think she's fucking Frank Gifford." And he and Johnny opened his jacket and had a loaded gun. <laughs> he had a gun on him, and even the fucking private eye's like, "Holy shit, this guy means." business so they they break into her apartment when she's not home yeah. you know and uh sure enough this <laughs> this pictures of frank gifford in frames all over her oh my god all over serious? her apartment <laughs> oh my god yeah and uh but I, even johnny Carson with a gun doesn't sound threatening to me 
Why is that? Anybody? What, do you, what is that? I don't get I that know. logic. Like, I just can't see him like toting a gun. It doesn't even make it. It's, it's like you would just have figured that he would take it out. and He just wouldn't know how to use it. Well, I can see <laughs> you saying that about Jimmy Fallon, but Johnny, you know, Johnny Carson was a hard drinking Midwesterner, you know. I guess anybody with a gun's a threat. I mean, your eleven year old niece. You know what I mean? You'd have to fucking break she her. She actually does own a gun. Yeah. How did you know that? So, uh, but but Johnny, and it's funny you mentioned the gun thing because I remember a story a long time ago about. This is when he was still on the Tonight Show that he was at a red light and somebody was giving him some guff in L.A. and he held up a gun <laughs> while he was at the... No shit. His, yes. He, he used to hit it pretty hard, the yeah. sauce. Oh, so that you know must me? have been it. That's what... So uh, I, I like the fact that he had a little bit of an <laughs> edge to him. But yeah, so his second wife is like fucking Frank Gifford. Ugh. Dirty whore. It's gonna suck. So he gets he gets pissed and and um, that was that story that was two days ago. Then yesterday it comes out another Johnny Carson story again because of this book that's coming out obviously. But uh, Johnny's to hang out at Jilly's place on Fifty Second and Eighth. That's Frank's place. Frank Sinatra's place. Exactly. Jilly, give me a shot. Wow, that was the worst Sinatra. <laughs> Who are you doing, Nancy Sinatra? That was fucking horrendous. Oh my god! I get. Let me, I just want to sum up that impression you just did. Okay. Kakapopo, popo, baby. That was horrendous. So, anyways, um, yeah, Jilly's Frank's place. Do the impression again. Go ahead, bro. Jilly, give me a shot. <laughs> You sounded like a 90-year-old. Bring that broad over here, Jilly. (laughs) Give me a shot. You sound like a 90-year-old in a doctor's office. I'm shitting my pants. I got a flu. Give me a shot, Jilly. um, Yeah, so it turns out, um, what were you talking about? uh, He goes to Jilly's place, and uh, he starts hitting on some hot brunette at the bar and doesn't realize it's some connected guy's girlfriend. Good job. The connected guy comes in and wasn't... Didn't give a shit if it was Johnny Carson or John F. Kennedy. Him and a couple of his goons picked Johnny up. I'm sure Johnny must have got a little mouthy. They picked him up and threw him down the stairs. (laughs) They threw him down a flight of stairs. That's how they roll. Yeah, that's how they roll. (laughs) Not to be surprised. Like he was going to go, excuse me, I I heard you were hitting on my girlfriend. I'm so sorry, but we have a relationship right now. Um, She's taken. Please, (laughs) please don't do that again. I can appreciate you find her attractive. No, it's like, here, come here, you little fucking skinny fuck. And uh, throws throws Johnny down the stairs, and that wasn't enough. Apparently, <laughs> this guy wanted to have Johnny whacked. Oh man, Absol- that's a high profile whacking. Absolutely, I mean, uh, you know, very high profile. If they're playing this way at your funeral, you know. <laughs> roll out the casket. There he goes, Jilly. Here's dead Johnny. So they uh they uh, they want to have him whacked, okay? Seriously. So now Johnny gets word of this and he's holed up in the Plaza Hotel. I guess he had the whole floor to himself. Like that would stop it. The way, well, it would make a little difference. No, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Some guy named Vinny dresses up like a doorman. Yeah, he's doing. Uh, room service. <laughs> uh, Mr. Carson. Yeah, room service. I got your pancakes. I got your pancakes. <laughs> so lead blueberries for three days. He was held up in the in the Plaza Hotel, knowing that they fucking. And apparently, somebody at NBC, a bigwig, got the, the brainstorming and said, "How do we get out of this?" And uh, they called Joe Colombo, right. who was uh, he started the Italian Anti Defamation League and all that shit, right? And but it wasn't getting any ink. Nobody was paying attention to it. 
which is, by the way, is uh, discriminatory. You don't hear me whining, do you? You fucking Native Americans. I'll get to you in a few minutes. Um, and your red skin problem. Um, so, uh, yeah, so they, <laughs> Joe Colombo gets involved, okay? Joe Colombo. And uh, the NBC network says, look, we'll cover you. He was, he was going to do one of those protests or whatever. We're going to cover that and... You and know, you call off the hit. We'll make it national news. And if you, uh, you know, spare Johnny. <laughs> Isn't that unbelievable? All over a little bit of pussy. That's where I, I that's where, I, you know, this is, that's when you know mafia guys are scumish. I mean, they, the guy didn't, come on. It's like, what the fuck? Like Carson knew that was your girlfriend? Yeah, but I also think, though. You, I understand throwing down the stairs, but after that. Yeah, well, that's, you know, that makes sense. But don't you think if they really wanted to kill him, don't you think it wouldn't have gone to three days? Especially considering, like, if that happens, those guys rage out. You don't think within a day you would have been done? Well, yeah, but Rob, but then it's too obvious. You gotta, you know what I mean? You gotta give oh, it a little time to breathe, don't you? Since when do they care about obvious? Huh? Since when do they care? What do you mean? They're not dumb. Well, they got everybody paid. Yeah, but, I mean, it was kind of, I think it was out in public that Johnny had hit on, it would have been a little uh, too yeah, obvious. People saw you know him, what yeah. I mean? Wait till he moves the show to the West Coast, then get him. <laughs> yeah, get him, cut him out of, uh, you know. Makes sense. Cut him out of the Burbank parking lot or whatever. It's so funny, NBC has to negotiate his way out of a mob. Isn't that fucking it's hilarious? Fucking awesome. Isn't that, you got a peacock trying to save your life. Um, <laughs> so, that, that I thought that was pretty fascinating, but, but uh, Johnny was always getting in trouble over there, and that's where, yeah, Sinatra and Dean and all the boys hung out over there. Yeah. I like, I like older Sinatra when he was... You know, he didn't have much of a voice left, so all he was doing was kind of playing the mobster role. Yes. More so. Like, you know, he was gone. Like, he would talk his lyrics. He wouldn't even sing it anymore. He was like, my way. And that would be it. Like, he'd get it out quick because he'd be out of breath. The oldest Sinatra is my favorite. Yeah, but, you know, you say he's like a mobster, but it's very hard to get scared over a capo in an adult diaper. You know? <laughs> I, know. I think I shit my pants, Billy. <laughs> I, uh, but, yeah, that could have been, uh, it could have been uh, lights out for Johnny. You gotta be careful. Mm-hmm. Always the smoking broads. You should always know. Yeah. I was the, I went to the Raccoon Lodge years ago when I first moved to New York, and there's a smoking bartender behind there. Is a real Raccoon Lodge? Yeah, the one that uh, Ralph Cramden used to hang out at. No, <laughs> I, I don't know. Say, yeah, I, I didn't uh, know there was a real one. No, uh, it was the name of a bar in the Upper West. Side. It would have been awesome if you had to wear the raccoon hat. Yeah, it would have been Rob. <laughs> we'll get that out in a few minutes. <laughs> I uh, so <laughs> I go in and I'm hitting on the bartender. She's like real good looking broad. And then uh, she goes, ah, I got a boyfriend. He's kind of famous. That's what she says. I go, well, who the fuck is he? Yeah. She's like teasing me. She goes over and gets this picture. I see this picture on the register at the top. Brings it over. Tommy Hearns, the boxer. Oh, great. Tommy <laughs> Hitman, the Motor City Madman. Of course. Tommy Hitman yeah. Hearns. Yeah. It's never called saying unless somebody you can take. It's always some fucking Tommy Hearns. Dude. This guy. I mean, this is what it like, you know, a little after his prime, but I'm pretty sure he could have killed me. And I'm like, oh, that little puss, huh? You got to be careful. So, um, yeah, who are you hitting on? But uh, throw the guy down the stairs. I think that was enough, you know? Yeah, I think that sends a message. <laughs> but I guess not. He got, they got what they wanted. Maybe they figured they could get something out of it. <laughs> yeah, Johnny's a, Johnny's a wild guy, and he's gone now. He's gone. Nothing we can do about it. <laughs> That's the, back in the days where, uh, you know, men were men. Women were afraid of him. The way it was meant to be, Rob. I wish. I wish those times were back. No. I want to actually throw my wife down the stairs. No, 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 no. Just to send a message. Nothing. <laughs> nothing crazy. What message is that? <laughs> nothing crazy. <laughs> what message is just that? Just to reestablish the hierarchy in the house. 
for no other reason than that. But that's my point. See, now a guy throws his wife down the stairs today. The the, the fucking the stairs are carpeted. Nobody gets hurt. Yeah, that's true. These are. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we're living in politically correct times, and you know what sets me off. And uh, this was in the paper a couple days ago. Long Island Middle School, Port Washington. Is that a town? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Anyways, they're banning. They're banning. Um, footballs and baseballs and soccer balls and stuff like that from recess because so, kids could get hurt. Give me a fucking break. Apparently the playground, it's not the whole city, the, the, the playground is being reconstructed so the kids are in a more confined space or whatever and they could get hit with a ball. But the point... What the, you're supposed to get hit with a ball when you're a fucking kid. No, that's exactly right. I mean, they're trying to make the world a risk-free place. Life is not risk-free. No. And it's always abroad. I'm sorry. But it's not totally abroad's fault. It's, you know, a litigious society between, you know, the fucking lawyers and this chick mentality. This is what they're literally banning balls. I said that on Twitter. Yeah. Which is much funnier on Twitter when it's in 140 <laughs> characters. But they're banning balls, Rob. Really? I mean, so what the fuck? But like, what what do they expect the kids to do then? And then they're gonna wind up fighting because they've got nothing else to get their aggression out. Well, let me let me read from the book a little bit. Yeah, let me hear no. this bullshit. Let, let, let me read from the New Testament. Um, yeah, they're, they're banning footballs, baseballs, soccer balls, lacrosse balls. How many middle schools are whipping around <laughs> lacrosse balls and any other hard balls that could injure a child, including the ones of a guy looking through a fence with a trench coat on? Well, is <laughs> a, a soccer ball considered a hard ball? Well, yeah, no. Come on. This is the times we're living in. Also off limits. Rough games of tag. <laughs> it's, that's what it says. I'm reading from the article. Rough games of tag. Fucking, it's called tag. It's not called fucking fracture. I've never played rough tag where they punch in the face and say you're it. It's like, called uh, tag. <laughs> you put your hand on somebody's shoulder and go, you're it, faggot. And then, by the way, that's like the tag is like the gayest thing you can play as a kid. Like, so why, well, why this, they this is Long Island. Well, I don't know. What's, uh, rough games of tag. Cartwheels. <laughs> Honest to God, cartwheels, unless an adult supervisor is on hand. Okay, oh, yeah. that, I'm sorry, and ladies, please, I, I mean no disrespect, but that, that, that train of thought could not come from a guy. No, no way. Not in a zillion years. But we have let you push us to this point. Mm. So, I mean, ultimately, we're at fault. How can you live in a society this fucking feminized? Uh, you have to have a supervisor to do a cartwheel. But let me ask you, because if you're doing a cartwheel and yeah. you're going to get hurt, you're still going to get fucking hurt whether somebody's watching you or not. Rob, it's a great point. I brought it up to the president today. <laughs> you did. What do you say? And, uh, well, that's okay. um, but you know what's funny about that? It's kind of ironic that you bring that up because in fourth grade, I was in third. My sister was in fourth, same school. My sister breaks her leg at recess during a car oh, I swear to God. And then she went on to break it three more times. Uh, they finally x-rayed it and found out there was a hole. She was born with a hole in her tibia. Oh, so it kept cracking. It kept breaking. Oh. Well, wouldn't they x-ray it after the first break, though? I can't remember. if I might have What kind of the, doctors you going to? I might have. Well, one of them had a bone through his nose. And, <laughs> I would have spit on it to make it fit her. He was rubbing chicken blood on her tits. <laughs> wasn't a good doctor. But, um... Um, yeah, I can't remember. They found out maybe after the first time she, that might've been the last time she broke it, whatever, but she was doing a cartwheel, by the way, at recess. And broke it, so maybe they're, maybe not too far. No, your point is well taken. Even if somebody's there watching, it's still going to break, yeah, isn't it? You're still going to get hurt. But just think about this. People are losing it, man. You know? Yeah, I got a foul tip in the eyeball and it made me a man. No, exactly. Yeah. I got hit by a car when I was 11 years old. No shit. In a hospital for a week. 
Where did it come on the sidewalk and hit you? Yes, it did almost. I, I was I was literally two or three inches from the curb. The lady was high. And there was weed in her car. Uh, I was riding a bike. Well, with, let's not be judgmental about it. Uh, oh, I hit, I hit a nerve <laughs> of the weed thing. No, I'm just um, I was uh, I was riding a bike. This is what saved me. I'm not shitting you. I was pedaling a bike with no. The seat came off my bike the day before, and I went down the park to hang out with my friends. And I said to my sister, "I'm going to go get change for something to get a submarine sandwich." I was riding a bike with no seat on it, so I was standing up, mm-hmm. and I crossed this busy street, and next thing I know, and this is true, next thing I know, I'm waking up in the middle of the street. No Don't shit. Don't even remember what, I went into shock, I guess. Wow. I wake up, I'm laying on my back, and there's three ladies looking over me, and they like have like veils on their face, and I'm going, what the fuck is going on? And I feel the sharp pain in my back and my legs. I turn to look at my bike next to me, crumpled into like half the size of- Wow, so you hit it hard. she hit it hard. She came up and hit me from behind. And they said, turns out a friend of mine, Kevin Gaffney, saw the whole thing out, out his window of his house. Uh-huh. She hit me from behind. I did a flip up onto the hood of her car. I broke the windshield with the head, my head. Oh, my she God. She skidded 160 feet, and I rolled off the hood onto the street. That's, and I don't even remember any of it. Just remember them loading me into an ambulance. Hitting the hood of the car probably saved your ass, too. And if I wasn't standing up, she would have went, they said I would have went under the car. Yeah, that would have been and it. And she had like weed in the car and she was up. My dad shows up and her boyfriend gets in my father's face. My dad shows up not knowing whether I'm alive or not. Mm-hmm. Just all he sees, he sees me being loaded into an ambulance. And this guy with a leather jacket gets my old man's face going, wasn't her fucking fault. The car's a light. That's what he said to my dad. Oh my, my God. father tries to go after the guy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and my friend said there were three cops that had my dad around the waist. Yeah, and fuck he's, yeah. And he's trying to get out this greasy head fuck. And, and this is how good a, a guy my old man is. We found out who the lady was. She lived about a mile from us. She, she was a single mom with, with like a retarded child. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, she had no means of whatever. So my dad let it go, which really means he doesn't love me. But uh, <laughs> I was, gonna say, I was I in the hospital for a fucking week. And you know this broad hit, hit another friend of mine a year later? Oh, see, now that's why you don't want to let it go. No, exactly. Yeah. So yes, uh, we're, we're advocating vigilanteism. My here. dad was do- doing a nice thing. You know, but um, yeah. So I don't know how we got onto that subject after doing cartwheels and a fucking. Yeah. But according to these, you know, these school superintendents, it's just as dangerous to do a cartwheel as to ride a bike with no seat. It's really getting ridiculous. Like, what what are the kids supposed to play then? They can't play tag. They can't cartwheel. They can't play with balls. Again, uh, you know, I just used a lawyer, so I I don't hate lawyers. Okay, I'm like everybody else until you need one. But, yeah. Right. But. I want you guys to go out and get a book. It's called The Death of Common Sense by Philip K. Howard. I read it probably 12, 15 years ago, and it's as relevant today, more relevant. And what is it about that? Politi- it's politi- about right? the law system, about this death of common sense, mm-hmm. that, that, that everybody's suing everybody. There's, there's Nobody uses any common sense anymore. Mm-hmm. Some kid pulls out a Tootsie Roll that's shaped like a gun, so they kick him out of school. This is yeah. I mean, it's that type of shit. Yeah, that's bad. Like, I could get maybe the school thing to a point, like with the guns. Really? Uh, really? After what I just said, a Tootsie Roll shaped like a gun? No, like, I, I can get why... Well, that's what I'm talking about. I can about. get why they're paranoid about I can't. <laughs> I can get I it. fucking can't. Okay? Again. What do they do? They kick them out of you the school? Point, you point your finger like this, and it can kid, get a kid suspended. And that's it? That's all yeah, they did? All right, you shouldn't be suspended. That's what that. I'm saying, but, but 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 again, it's all it's because of and the same with this with the no throwing balls at recess and shit. Yeah. That's all about being sued. Some kid's gonna get hit, and his parents are gonna sue you. Yeah. That's what it's about. And this book, uh, Death of Common Sense by Philip K. Howard, 
says the law is there to serve us. We're not supposed to serve the law. Right. Read the book. You'll, you'll, you'll be amazed at what it's, you know, I'm lawyers are the reason you have a, a, a label on a plastic bag that says, don't put over your head at the dry. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Do you see what I'm saying? That's what they mean by the death of common sense. But somewhere in America, there's a fucking moron that put a bag over his head and that forced them to do that. That's like, right. Yeah. And you know what? That's a good thing. Yeah. Let him go. Because he was a moron. <laughs> I agree. Let him it's go. It's thinning the herd, Rob. Every time I see one of those, the first thing I think is, you can imagine like somebody must have did that. Of course they did. You know, like the silica gel. Do not eat. Well, refrigerators now. You buy a refrigerator, it says do not place on back because some guy, <laughs> I'm not kidding you. Some guy, do you remember this? You can Google this or look it up on YouTube. Some some like bodybuilder was in some race, those strongman competitions, and one of them was a refrigerator race where you put a refrigerator on your back and they tried to race like 20 yards. His knees blew out. It was right on camera. Well, that's what you get. But, but now you have to label them. That's great. So, Don't race with a refrigerator. But do you see my point? Oh, because I do. the lawyers. Yeah. I mean, because, you know, it's it, it, protect it, everything. It's, we're way too litigious. It's, it's fucking crazy. And you combine that with the uh, deballing of America, and this is what you get. So, um, yeah. Can I mention the, the broad name, the superintendent? Of yeah, yeah. Shit? I'm sure she would love to be called a broad. Yeah. Broad, broad <laughs> is not a derogatory term. No, it's a compliment. I agree. It, no, it is. If you talk to real feminists, they don't have a problem with it. Even chicken babe, that might be another thing. <laughs> twat they don't like either. I noticed twat. And, yeah, no, I don't know why, though. Um, I don't know what the bucket name is, but, uh, this, you know, you go to the, you go to the, um, comment section after an article like this and people are actually trying to, most people are like, that's silly. You got to let kids be kids. They're going to get hurt. But there's always a few. Yeah, soccer moms. There's always a few, um, that, uh, I don't think kids should have their fun pastimes discontinued, but head trauma can be serious, said Marilyn Decker on Facebook. Man, like the Stay Decker. the fuck on Facebook, Marilyn. She's already had, she has had trauma already. That's the problem. Exactly. She said that as she was drooling ice cream from the corner I mean, of her mouth. I mean, come on. Like, what? Stop. Anyways. I fell out of a fucking dumpster and landed on my skull when I was a kid. Did you? What yeah, are you doing in a dumpster? Has, this is how stupid we were. There's a big empty dumpster and we were skating in it. With our roller skates back and forth because there was no hockey. We couldn't play hockey because all of the cars were on the street. There was a big empty dumpster, so our brilliant decision was let's all get inside the Makes dumpster sense, though. and skate back and forth inside the dumpster. It was one of those big ones, and we were getting out because somebody was coming, and so we're like, get out, get out, get out, and I'm climbing over the dumpster, and the kid behind me pushed me, and I fell over and landed right on my head. Had a similar thing, too. No shit, really? Got stitches, yeah. Frankie Consoli, my buddy. Yeah. I'm on his porch. It was... About, I don't know, six, seven feet off the ground, his front porch, a wooden thing. I'm on my belly looking over the edge, grabs my feet and pushes me over. Motherfucker. And I had a dent to my head. My, my motherfucking freaked out. And she saw me get stitches all the time. But I had a flat spot where I landed. No shit. And it came back. It was like denting a Coke can. Yeah, well, I got it this popped fr- back out. I got this Frankenstein scar up here, too. I didn't even notice that. That's from when I, I was f- too I focused felt- on your bad haircut. <laughs> I fell down a flight of stairs. Did you really? And landed on that when I was a kid. So what do you think? Head trauma is uh, the way thing? I like to go. Well, no. Put on a helmet like the rest of the fucking idiots in this country. <laughs> what do you think the bad haircut is? Do you ride a bike? Would you wear a helmet today? Ride Fuck a bike? no. Everybody else does. No, I don't. I'm in the woods of Westchester, okay? Like on a bike path four miles into the woods, and there's a guy coming at me like in his 40s with a helmet on. No. No way. What's going to happen? He's if you're off-road mountain biking, like crazy shit, then maybe. Maybe. But when we went to buy bikes, my wife and I, the guy's like, hey, you want some helmets? I'm like, I don't want a fucking helmet. What I'm not going to wear a helmet. Wear I'd rather be dead. <laughs> yeah, I, I know. I don't want to die of embarrassment. I'm going to be <laughs> hit by a cement truck. <laughs> but a fucking helmet. That's a solution to everything today. 
Again, that's because of lawyers, though, you know? Yeah, they fuck it all up. <sighs> well, our, our president, he wears a helmet. I know you're a fan. Uh, look, I don't... I'm not nuts, you know? He seems like a nice... I'll tell you, when, when you listen to him talk, I want to like him, you know? It, it, that's not the point. And I'd rather hang out with him. People used to go, well, I'd rather... Hey, George W. Bush seems like a type of guy you'd hang out with. I never felt that way. I'd rather hang out with like Obama, shoot hoops and smoke a joint. But uh, but no, he's just in over his head. And the fact that nobody will admit that makes me sick to my stomach. But my point is he wears a helmet when he's on vacation riding bikes. Remember they show him? Yeah, I did Ever see, see that, that picture. Yeah, that's that was rough. And like the forced photo of him shooting a gun was another one that always like bothered me a little bit. The skeet shooting, all of a sudden he has a photo of him that's shooting. That's what I'm saying. All presidents do that horse shit. But he's on a bike like in Martha's Vineyard with a helmet on, right? And like a little windbreaker. Just put a and, propeller on and the And his mother-in-law's jeans. <laughs> and and, and they, they, they put it next to a picture of Putin on the internet. Uh, Putin with no shirt on and a rifle right, on, a, on a horse. Yeah. <laughs> it was Carrying the funniest a deer thing on his shoulder. It's <laughs> <laughs> a big difference. But um, you know, it's just, it's I can't take it. I, I the political correctness, and there's a whole generation that's bought into this shit. You know, I mean, the last few nights uh, on stage, I, I can't get through my act without somebody debating or raising their hand. You know. Doing a thing about illegal immigrants. I wasn't even, I just used the term illegal immigrant the other night on stage, not even in a derogatory way. Right, and it does exist. There are illegal immigrants. I just mentioned it, and I see this girl shuffling her seat, and she whispered something to her boyfriend real loud. And uh, she goes, I'm going to make an issue of this. I go, You're going to make an issue of what? Yeah, what's the issue? I was talking about those roadside memorials that you Mm -hmm. see along the road. You know, and I said, I saw this huge one. They're getting really elaborate in Yonkers. It looked like a pinata hanging out of a maple tree. <laughs> I go, apparently a van full of illegals tipped over. <laughs> That's all I said. I'm not saying I'm against four. I'm just saying. And yeah. she fucking, she starts yelling shit out. She was a young Hispanic chick. Jeez. This is what I'm talking about, though. This this politically correct horse shit, you know, it doesn't yeah. come from my side of the fucking aisle. And you've told me you get that a lot in, in New York City of all places, which is, it surprises me. Now, I, I got to process that. How does that surprise you? And the most liberal political correctness comes from the left. Mm-hmm. That you have to understand first, right? right? Would you agree with that of statement? Of course, I would. Sure. With with race and gender, it's, yeah. it, it's the far left. Absolutely. The, the, I'd say it's a mainstream left, not yeah. just the far left. And and so why that's you shouldn't be surprised. I mean, it's like it's pl- plus I'm doing the Comedy Cellar on the campus of NYU. They behave pretty much down there. Those kids know I'm. They, yeah. You know, they know my politics, <laughs> but, but, but like this place to stand on the Lower East Side, yeah. I mean, every I night somebody gets in nose bent on a joint and, and, and this girl gets all fucking huffy. And I go, you don't even know why you're mad. I go, did I say anything derogatory? Why go to a fucking comedy? I don't understand this. Because, why go to a comedy show and then be like, oh my God, I was offended. Like this is, we've had this conversation yeah. the, between the Michael Richards and everybody yeah. else. Look, maybe Michael Richards, maybe that was, I could get why people well, of misconstrued course. it. That was a little of different. Course. And it's never something that they say off stage, though. Like, it's always something that they say on stage doing a fucking act. That's what, that infuriates me. Yeah. You know? Well, then people say, well, they, you know, you can't say, you can't use that as an excuse. I was just joking. People always say that. But yeah, yeah I can actually. Yeah. And I will. I've done it many a time. Yeah. Just no, because I am. Yeah. But uh, w- w- where does it all stop? And this leads me to uh, probably the final uh, topic for the, the night because mm-hmm. Rob's been up since, uh, you know, he's going on hour 22. <laughs> That's like, all right. And um, 
But uh, the whole Redskins thing with the NFL mm. and, and the name of the Redskins is that racist and... And uh, I, I just I've been ignoring this for a couple of years. Yeah, and I, I give them credit because they're standing. They're, they've been standing strong on this because when they first said it, they didn't they didn't back didn't back down from it. And I'm glad because who who the who the you, Redskins? Okay, you're saying I, yeah. You have to clarify. I thought you meant yeah. the Indian Nation was standing no, strong. No, 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 the Redskins. Because come on, give me a God read this. Read this. <laughs> I'm getting aggravated. Now. No, I'm just saying. <laughs> uh, I I try to ignore it because I'm just so tired of it. And, and you're right. The owner, Snyder, who's a rich little yuppie or whatever, who uh, um, he, you know, uh, he's the owner of the team. And he did say, I'm not I'm never going to change. He's backed off in that position a little bit. He says, look, I respect. But every poll they've done, every poll, even Native Americans, nine out of ten of them aren't bothered by this. Right, they could give two okay? shits. You got the Oneida Nation who's bothered by it. And 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 and. and Nine out of ten of Americans don't give a shit. They should. They said they should keep it. Every right. poll you do. So then there's this mentality. But but if you're just offending, Roger Goodell actually said this. If one person is offended, we should listen to that person. Okay. Yeah. Well, you know what? I'm Italian. I was offended by Jersey Shore. Yeah. That thing's been on a fucking loop for the <laughs> last four years. Could you could you depict us any more in a de- derogatory yeah. way? I was. How? Why is it? You know what I mean? Why have why my feelings? Oh, you're white European man. We don't give a fuck. You're the last bastion we can make fun of. Right. Uh, okay. And, and I understand the Indians being, you know, but, but I'm sorry, you're outnumbered here. It, it is used in a positive way. It's not meant as a slur. Okay. Right. And, um, well, President Obama weighed in on it. Okay. Uh, uh, please, and, uh, please take the right way. Um, yeah. What are the odds he's going to agree with me on this one? But this is, this is what he had to say. Obviously, people get pretty attached to, uh, team names, mascots. Uh, you know, I don't think there are any Redskins fans that mean offense. End of discussion. Uh, I've got to say, if I were the owner of the team, no, no. Uh, and I knew that uh, uh, there was a name of my team, even if you know, it had a storied history that uh, was offending a, a sizable group of people, I'd, I'd think, uh, I'd think about changing it. <laughs> Yeah, if uh, I had your approval ratings, I'd think about changing my name. Uh, oh my! God. I'm sure a lot of people are offended by his middle name that who lost people in the Iraqi war. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Where do you want to take this? At what point? Who's who's? Why are some people's feelings more valid than other people's? More importantly, like why does he even have to comment? Why can't he just say, "Hey, look, that's between the team." Why does he have to weigh in? Why does he have to comment on fucking he, he, everything? He weighs in when it's uh, when um, yeah, he didn't weigh in when the white kid jogging was shot in the back for nothing. Yeah. He, he could have really stepped. Maybe he didn't. I missed it, but he could have stepped in and, and really healed the nation at that point. Right. Something like. But um, look, and I, I see what he's saying, but but here's my point. Okay, folks, and this is for people who come out to comedy clubs and, and get upset. and say, You don't have the right not to be offended. Do you understand? That right doesn't exist anywhere. Hmm. You don't have the right not to be offended. Okay? We're all offended. We, we seem to be giving more weight to people's feelings to certain groups than others. Right. All right? Either have it for everybody or, or, or just shut the fuck up. Okay? Most Native Americans aren't bothered by this. Okay? So that tells me it's not like there's a zillion Native Americans. And again, that's a different story. <laughs> they have a point there. But, well, that's what this is all about. No, it's not. Is this, is this how we're trying to heal past 
you know, wrongdoings. Yeah. So what are they going to change it to some fucking vanilla name? And then all the, all of a sudden, all the wrongdoings uh, that have ever been done to Native Americans are all okay that's, now. That, that's exactly right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, how does this affect your day? You, you Native Americans who are offended by this, all three of you, how does it affect your day? Seriously. Do you get up going, oh, Jesus, I can't make it to the day. They still have that logo. I have a solution. <laughs> I, I, I have a solution. Here's, here's my compromise. You let us keep, let, let, let them keep the name Redskins, but take the logo off and replace it with Ted Kennedy after he had 10 scotches. <laughs> it's the same thing. It's a like nice he, beat red fucking Irish face. Be now you can call different. them Redskins. Okay. Yeah, perfect. There's, there's your, uh, there's your solution. <laughs> so stop with the hypersensitivity. Okay. We're all offended by something. It's going to get then, worse too. It's going to get you're worse. You're goddamn writers. I was told when I first started doing stand up. Again, in 87 or 88, somebody came up to after open mic. You're politically incorrect, you know, and that's going to be the trend that people are going to love that. And 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 because that's coming around real soon. And, and it, you know what? That was 1987. Yeah. Here we are. What? <laughs> 26 years later. It's only gotten exponentially worse. Yeah. And I, I, I see no end in sight. So help. That's by the way, that's the main purpose of this. Me doing a podcast. It, it's seriously to try to help put put the end to this fucking yeah, insanity we're been, going through i've been dying to hear you uncensored that's what needs to be done th- this is going to be the most mellow show yeah you'll hear is my first one yeah you know and i'm sure the Good. government will have their faces in, in this too eventually yeah i mean eventually they'll probably try to get around to it but it's gonna take a lot well the, the internet always has already has a left-leaning sense to it then we're gonna put you on a ship and we're gonna sell you out to Safe waters, and then you can be uncensored out there on a fucking boat. Yeah, that's what I think about that idea. Kaka poo poo, poo poo, Anyways, that wraps up show number one, kids. Oh, Go, good. That's it. You did it. I don't know when it's coming out. These things have to be, you know, iTunes takes a look at it, make sure I'm not illegal, and uh, they'll throw it up in a few days. Yep. Is that correct? It's coming, yeah. I want to thank Rob Sprance, the president and CEO of Riotcast Network, which is where you can hear this show. And a lot of mm-hmm. other funny shows. And on iTunes, obviously. Yep. And uh, that's about it. Anything to add? Oh, uh, yeah. the guy who wrote your theme song. Richie, Richie Castellano. Castellano From, of Blue Oyster Cult. Yep. Uh, he's the one who did that amazing guitar work you hear at the beginning of the show and the end of the show. Yep. And I want to get him on here eventually. Yeah, and he's fantastic. He'll come here and play a bunch of songs and just... So fucking talented, it's unbelievable. He he did a thing where he did uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. He played all different instruments, did it all himself. It's on it's on YouTube. On yeah. YouTube, look it up. Yeah. He, I'm, thank you, Richie. Seriously, I asked he 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 asked for a couple songs that I like, uh, different samples of music, and he nailed it. He did. He's he's a freaking nature. Man. And I looked at your list and I was like, wow, this is gonna be. Let's see what he comes up with. And it's it, a catchy tone. Yeah. If you're doing meth. <laughs> no, he's he's the fuck. I want to get him on here, seriously. So that's it, kids. Thank you, Rob Sprance. Uh, Had a long you, day. Nick. It's great to right? have you. And uh, until I talk to you kids next time, wash your dirty faces. Good night, everybody. Uh.